Welcome to Build with Rob. It is your host, Rob Deerdeck, CEO and founder of the Deerdeck Machine, a one-of-a-kind venture creation studio where we systematically fuse art, science, and magic to manufacture amazing in any which way we can. As always, you listen to this show, like, subscribe, wherever you do that. You want to be a part of this show, go to DeerDeckMachine.com, become a guest, pitch us an idea, become a machinist, join our universe that is the DeerDeck Machine. You know, and what, what do I say over and over? Systematically fusing art, science, and magic. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a tagline, if you will, a mantra that the Deerdeck machine and the machine mindset is all about this idea of systematically fusing art, science, and magic to manufacture amazing. But I, you know, I want to break it down a little bit further because it, it really is, you know, this really core formula for achieving perpetual success. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about like defining a goal and accomplishing a goal. It's about perpetually evolving and growing and getting more successful over time. You want to compound your success over time and grow and evolve into a more dynamic, more accomplished individual in whatever it is you want to do. And that happens when you systematically fuse art, science, and magic. And, and let me break it down a little bit further, right? It's like when I say art, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to create all aspects of your existence. You are the creator. You are the designer. Like even if it's as simple as like I'm going to design my day today and my day is going to start with skipping the gym and going to McDonald's and getting a cheeseburger and fries. Guess what? You developed that plan, created it in your mind, and you executed it flawlessly. But you created it. Right. And, and that's the really simple sort of bad version of creating a day, the same way that you can create a vision for a business idea and then slowly begin to visualize and think through all the things that you have to do to create it and bring it to life. Um, you know, you want to do a T-shirt brand and the first thing you create is the name and then the graphics you're going to choose. It's like your entire life is this amazing piece of art that it is on you to actually create all aspects of it, right? And, and in order to have an amazing business, have an amazing life, you know, wh whatever it is that is success to you, quality of life and achievement to you is up to you to go and design, you know? And for me, like that's the purity of what I say on the art side, now it's the science side, you know, and it's like, oh, it's science. What is that? It's all technical. Like science is more the fundamental stuff. You know, it's like this is the, the reality of it is, is we are evolutionary beings. So the science side is you're going to continue uh, to evolve and and grow and learn. You have goals that you design and that you follow through with and KPIs and these sort of quantifiable, measurable outputs. That's all the science side. It's this natural chaos to order the natural systems of everything and how it works together like that that's science like having the goals creating plans like evolving through those plans growing and learning while you're uh, achieving these milestones and ultimately achieving these goals and being a more dynamic evolved individual throughout the process that really is the science side you know and then the magic is the unseen forces you know, and, and that's everything, right? Like that's gratitude, that's motivation, that's happiness, that's all of these different sort of things that, that everybody wants and thinks about, but don't really have a way to like explain them fully. Uh, the law of attraction, the law of awareness, like all these sort of unseen forces 
that that collectively you know about, you feel all the time, but they're 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 hard to describe and ultimately even harder to figure out how you actually create them. But together, right, they all sort of feed each other and by systematically fusing art, science, and magic is where you can really create just about anything, right? And, and when I say systematically fuse it, just doing it with intention, right? Systematically just means like you're creating uh, something with intention, then setting milestones, goals, and evolving into uh, that intention that you created and ultimately the feeling of success and happiness and motivation that comes along with it is sort of what happens uh, when it all begins to fuse together. Now think about this. It compounds over time. So when you create a business or create something that you want to achieve and then you set out on the process of actually developing it, then you begin to make it more real. You begin to put a business plan to it and now you've raised money and now you're creating creating it and watching it come alive. What, what starts to happen? Well, then you start getting motivated. You start getting excited. You get all the energy. You start building belief in its possibilities and, and now you're, you're beginning to see the creation side, the science side, and now the magic begin to blend together and begin to grow. And then the more you grow a business, the clearer, the bigger your ideas get. You see further out into the future, you have new product ideas, marketing ideas, brand ideas, people you got to hire. Then you go out and execute and build. Now you're growing a team. You're hitting KPIs. Like you're growing the business. Like everything is evolving and, and you find product market fit. And then you're like, what? The self-belief, the, 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 the gratitude, like the energy, all of these things continue to compound on top of each other as you grow into whatever it is that you ultimately created. And, and to me, you know, I say, I say a lot of times, like, you know, you, you set out on a journey, you have to first put a flag in the ground of what you actually want to achieve. Then you got to design a plan to actually believe that you can get there and then set out on the journey to go and get there. And, and to me, in that sort of aspect of see it, believe it, do it is still fully connected to this idea of systematically fusing art, science, and magic. And, and I know it's a tagline. I love saying it. I, I, I love saying that. I love saying it uh, because it really does flow. But, but if you begin to look at what it actually is and how you can actually apply it to everything that you do and get to begin to understand when you are creating and systematically growing just sort of the feelings and the energy and all of these intangibles including the law of attraction these things that that go your way and luck finds you and all these things uh, like I used to say, make your own luck is is ultimately because of fusing art, science, and magic is is why I why I've been able to do that in so many different ways on so many different levels for so long. So again, just want you to really, really think about that. You know, it, it's not just about saying it because it flows. It really is something I truly believe in and, and get better and better at doing uh, as I do it more and more in, in all aspects of my life and every bit of my existence do I apply it. And, and I look forward to literally just getting better and better at doing it for the rest of my life because I know it's limitless by design. Okay, look, we've got a great show today. Uh, just just entrepreneurs doing their thing, real doer dyers, just, you know, sharing those life and business visions and and can I help evolve and 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 throw some minds into that art, science, and magic way of thinking. Let's get into it. Eric Cruz and Ryan Cruz, welcome to Build with Rob. How are you? We're doing great, Rob. Thank you so much for having us. It's an honor, man. You know, me and Eric are big fans of you since Fantasy Factory Days. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we saw that sign above your office door, make your own luck. And, you know, struck a chord with us, inspired us to create our own destiny, man. So just wanted to thank you for that. And thank you for this opportunity to be here right now. Absolutely. Hey, look, there's no doubt you guys are true doer dyers. You know what I mean? And, and, and the, one of the core belief systems in a doer dyer is their ability to create their own destiny and unwavering belief in their ability to create their own destiny. I think you guys certainly live that. Um, you know, I have seen your footwear shown up in my life in all different types of forms and fashion. And, and when, when do you think that's the very first time that you sent me the vision for your business? What, what year do you think it might've been? It was 2018. It's 2018. Okay. And I've been in communication with, with Erica Portnoff and, uh, Brian Atlas since 2019. Oh, really? Oh, you actually got into the inner circle and made some communication. Yeah. Wow. Man, that is penetrated. That is a <laughs> hey, look. So, so without further ado, lay out the yeah. vision uh, for the business that you both created. Absolutely. Well, Moves is an innovative indoor slipper that intertwines comfort and convenience, and it was designed with the concept of a detachable outsole, which essentially allows customers to transition indoor comfort outdoors in a snap, just like so. Uh, and. The origination of the concept was really arrived and derived from doers. Someone who was constantly on the move that didn't have time to unbutton their laces or or, or tie anything. They needed something that really reflected accurately their lifestyle. So we decided to create this concept, which is hence the name I was called Move Easy or more commonly known as Moves Today. Yeah. And that's really the name is Move Easy. Yeah. Well, it's Moves, but it's felt move easy. Okay, but did you originally, was it always moves or did you try moves easy in the beginning? No, it was no. always moves. And then when we spelled it M-U-V-E-Z because move easy. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if like the world just forced you to change. Guy, so. Yeah. I thought maybe the world forced yeah. you to change it. Whereas like everybody kept calling it moves and you were like, all right, let's just call it moves. And, <laughs> and, and look, and, and to me, I've always, you know, as I've seen it, obviously when you have an innovative product, man, there's, there's, there's risks to it, right? Because it's like, okay, like it's solving this, this unique issue. Does the customer want that issue solved? Right. And, and to me, footwear is this like super interesting sort of world of like what uh, the service that a foot that footwear does to you is different for all these different things, including what it says about you, uh, whether it's about comfort, whether it's about athleticism, you know, but, and what utility it's servicing, but certainly there isn't one of like, Hey, a transition piece of footwear of like a, take it off, have it in the house, be the slipper, then move it back. And, and so to me, before I get into, to sort of my, thoughts that I would go back from, you know, seeing it throughout the years and never quite like connecting with it, like as it relates to the, the outsole, you know what I mean? Like I, I always mm-hmm. like, like, you know, cause you're so style, like depending on who you are. And for me, like the slippers all clean and then the outsole was super futuristic. You know, and yeah. so I, yeah, sure. from a personal style standpoint, it was like, ah, it's just like, I like the outsole just gets too like fashion futuristic for me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that, that was sort of like my initial sort of consideration of like why, when I just look at it from a visual standpoint, because to me, shoes are basically all style and comfort, you know what I mean? Sure. But I would be curious as to, as you've grown and evolved the business, sort of where you guys are at today. And, and that sort of leads into sort of the question that you have and, and sort of uh, what the, the state of the business is at this point. So the state of the business currently is we have a five-year plan. We're currently in step one of our six to eight month strategy. And as of just yesterday, we successfully completed that. We've been selected into a national entrepreneur cohort that begins in this February. Step two is we're in the process of closing our seed round. Um, within our nine to 24 month strategy, we're going to be leveraging in-person, in-store, drop ship as we're onboarding several retailers and different platforms, as well as unveiling a new product in our pipeline. Kind of speaks to the topic where you just enunciated, which was our outsole is a bit too futuristic and our upper is timeless. And because we had taken such an investment within the outsoles, as, as you have loose, so you understand molding and, and, the, and that cost and intensity that, that carries with it. Um, we wanted something to complement and better balance both. 
Yeah. So as we work on the tooling part, we wanted to enhance the upper part. And it kind of it's kind of crazy. It matches your bomber right now. But this would be the version two. We're going to debut it just on your show. First, per, first person to see this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's had that still has that slipper DNA. The back folds down. Very comfortable. Very breathable. Obviously, it still has the detachable outsole uh, aspect. And it's just something that we feel is going to really speak well to our, our demographic as we were able to get enough feedback from our customer base, you know, going through the two, three years that this company has been around. Yeah. And, and look, I'm, you know, I, I had a, uh, I have a pair here that you guys sent and it's phenomenal construction, right? Of like how that timeless mm-hmm. slipper come and how it locks in so, mm-hmm. so solid. You know, I always kind of yeah. wonder like, it does it when you're, when you actually have it on, does it actually feel like a shoe, right? Um, sure. You know, from, sure. from never actually having a pair and it's, it's, from from the design and the structure it's 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 really fascinating to me that i am in the space and obviously i've been in footwear for so long but mm-hmm. i just see like there's so much potential in it and i think you're leaving so much of it on the table you know what i mean like like and this is i'm just going to hit you with my deep real straightforward how i look Please. at it and like what mm-hmm. i feel as a brand builder and somewhere someone in the footwear space, you know, cause when we did Luso, it was a straight shot at attacking like, uh, the three big comfort brands and how do we make something that sits next to it, but is, has its own unique profile, but lives in that brand ethos design ethos. And, but is more uh, just a shade more premium and versatile. And how do we go steal market share from that? It was a, it was a straight shot that was design based and, marketing based. Right. And it worked. Right. And versus like innovation based, because now you got to tell a story. And so Mm -hmm. to me, like the story is, oh, it's a slipper that's versatile. Right. Like, so you can pop in and out of it. But for me, it's like, like you, you've actually invented the most versatile shoe ever. Right. And, and, and there's so much potential in the outsole design, right. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. where I say, I don't connect necessarily with the futuristic style, but, but why not have the super clean outsole profile? Why not have a running profile? That's more of a running shoe. Why not have a hiking shoe? Why not have the hard bottom shoe, right? That you could wear with your suit or wear out at night, right? So when I think of the potential, I look at like this super versatile core slipper, like is that you aware around the house, but you could slip, you could slide in and go for a jog and then come back in and throw on some jeans and put on your hard bottoms and go out with it, whatever it may be. I only say mm-hmm. it from like, like you guys committed to that, the silhouette of that outsole. And that was that. How was that? And we know the cost that, that how expensive the mold is and to get it in all the sizes, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. And, and it's, it's why when you make the first one, the stakes are so high when you're an early stage company. And as you know, this is the, this is the process for anyone that's ever been in footwear. You design it, you think it's going to amaze it, be amazing. And when you get the first sample, it's like the worst thing you've ever seen. It's like, they bring it back. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the clunkiest. It's not even like it's, and it takes so much like refinement to where then it's like, okay, this finally mm-hmm. looks good. But those first couple yeah. samples, uh, I can imagine they were, they were really harsh, but Hey, look, I, I only say it from like, you know, the positioning, of, of what, what it actually is. And then like you get this core, like it almost, you know, this idea that your shoe could last so much longer and get so much more out of your shoe than you could ever imagine. Right. Like you don't have to buy another shoe, buy another outsole. You can keep washing the, the slipper part of the shoe over and over. You know, I'm, that's my when I think of the potential of realizing the brand story and 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 having it be a broader audience than with the current silhouette if especially as it relates to like when you raise this money where you spend money you know what I'm saying of like you know Rob we agree with you 100% and we are on the same wavelength views and just to prove it we actually have examples of that kind of things that you're talking about uh using that that tooling that we have this would be like a golf shoe, you know, so that you come inside the 
for, to the, the golfers coming to the clubhouse. They got to kick off their soles with this don't with protect their spikes. They got the golf shoe. You got all day, the, uh, all day, all day. The person that you know, outbound licensing re- by leveraging our IP. Yeah, um, a, mm-hmm. a, a repair person installer comes in your house. They have the boot version. They, they kick off the the boot so that you know that they don't have to walk inside the person's home. And this is one all I'm really day. excited to show you. All the last day. One. All day. This is the one that we want your real feedback on as a skater because we have a couple of skate friends that say, you know, even though the scratches and the dings on the shoe are a badge of honor, eventually they just get torn to pieces and you can't wear them anymore. So if as a skate shoe, if you can actually change your out so you can have a skate version of the shoe, this way you can. Well, that looks like you, know, you ripped off a Vans uh, stripe logo, but all day, yeah, all day. Look, <laughs> just as a concept, just as a concept. Yeah. And look, look, I, it makes it makes me very happy to to think that you're that you're already there. You know what I'm saying? It proves how smart you guys are, mm-hmm. but, and, and, but it also has proved to you that getting traction with the current outsole has been difficult, you know, I bet. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's like, I think one of these, these moments where raising capital and is, is important to be able to, to go through these processes, but you got to do them fast. There's going to be a hero in there, you know what I mean? But when I think about like the golf version, because like if you just have one and you just keep applying, skate not as much, right? Like I just, skaters are way too picky about it. And the the truth is no matter how solid it is, when you're going to kick that thing right off, most likely, you know what I'm saying? When you do a kickflip or not, whatever it may be. So I, I would, I would, you know, consider that. But, but when I think about, the one viral video of showing you basically just popping it starting in the morning after your coffee and going through your entire day into the evening, into your boots at Mm -hmm. night and golfing and going for a run and going in and out showing that like, like one shoe and five outsoles could cover every aspect of your life. And then you just continue to innovate on the outsole because you know, that slipper is, is, is timeless and done flawlessly yeah, yeah. in the way that it's constructed um, is it, just, it's just, man, there's, there's so much potential. And, and I do believe that that is, is moving the position to it and it's utility, u- utility, versatility versus like leading with the f- slipper. Yeah. And just, just referencing, you know, what you're alluding to, too. I mean, just to recap, um, yeah. some inbound strategies that we had in mind. We were considering a few we, opportunities. Yeah, we'll build into the the the, um, the different outsoles, but we, you know, obviously the obvious play right now would be like licensing the product, getting, you know, studios and networks and, you know, sports involved. And we think that that would be the next play in the next, you know, 24, uh, yeah, it, 48 Yeah, and look, I would, if I was you, I would stay away from that. You know what I mean? Like, okay. and I only say it from this, you're giving up a big chunk of your margin you got to jump uh-huh. through all these hoops to try to get that license. And then, then at the end of the day, it's yeah. like, you're still, it, it's just a licensed like piece of footwear and look at how big licensed footwear is, right? It just isn't the scale of licensed footwear isn't there. Right. So it's not yeah. like, it'd be one thing if it was like you were socks or slippers or like some sort of more utility base. Like I think it, I think a license like, devalues sort of what you've created, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a great point. You know, thank you for, um, you know, steering us in that direction. Yeah. And sure. like, hit me it's with helpful. your question, man. I'd love to, 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 to dive into your question. Yeah. So for me on the business side, you know, as you better understand the scalability of the industry and where we are in currently and as positioned, um, you know, what is the best source or financial tool that we should further explore, whether that be, uh, you know, small seed round or traditional bank loan, or maybe an LLC. Hey, did you guys, did you guys ever do a deal, end up doing a deal with Damon? Not officially. I mean, we're unofficially, we're, we're, we're having negotiations and conversations with other, with other brands, um, but really haven't made an official announcement to conclude our partnership. Yeah, his, his play is really licensing. He wants to get those licensing deals up and running, you yeah. know, and that's something that we're, 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 we're going after, but, um, you know, we're still looking for that strategic partner. And then what are you guys, uh, what was your seed round that you guys are trying to raise right now? Right now we're looking at, um, 2.1 in order to scale the business and acquire some licensing. And we have interest from two major retailers or national. Um, and we're right now we're talking about not only drop shipping, but also some in-store activations as early as Q2 this year. And so you guys are raising 2.1 million in this seed round you're saying? Mm-hmm. That's right. And then what, what are you guys valued at at this point? Or what are you doing that round at? 
Yeah, it's more of a, a range. Right now, we're looking at seven, yeah. seven million, yeah, um, based on revenue and sales. Um, within the past, really only eighteen to twenty-four months. I mean, we've been in business since twenty eighteen, but the real, the true catalyst for our explosion of growth was thanks to Shark Tank and the constant re-airing is on syndicated channels. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, and look, I, I think you're at the right stage to go and get that kind of money to, to go and make this push, but yeah, because it is, and I do think you just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a solid valuation, you know, without knowing your sales exactly, but I still think it's like, you need real capital to, to, to be able to realize these new versions and kind of reshape the business and, and, and try to really push towards, uh, generating some revenue. But once you go down this path, you, you, mm-hmm. you got to keep going down this path. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's yeah. just the thing that you guys got to understand. You clip down two bars at a $7 million post money, um, or pre money, even, even more so. Uh, but you end up having this now you're, now you've got to get a return for these investors. You know what I mean? And now it's really about like, how do you continue to find ways for growth and ultimately that growth, especially in footwear is going to need more capital. So you're going to have to continue to find that growth in order to get the capital without diluting yourselves even further. Cause I think you take on a round like this. Now it's like, you know, it's really every sale matters and ultimately showing that the growth never slows down because next thing you know, you got to raise another two at the same valuation um, the, and, and sales start slowing down. Now you're in the worst possible situation that there is when you start dancing with the venture money, you know what I mean? So just right, something right. for you guys to think about, man. It's a, it's a real dance with the devil the moment that money comes out. Um, but it's worth mm-hmm. it if you put it in the right places. And, and I think if you commit to, to making that more versatile outsole, spending the money on doing that and, and try to capture some customers with some different sort of, you know, you know, footwear style profiles, like the cleaner profile an athletic profile. Like if you already have the fashion profile, you know, or the, the work profile as the boot was kind of showing, I think you can, you're going to find a hero in there, um, that, that makes this thing hit. But I do think, you know, spending that money on a really clean silhouette, like that goes with the cleanliness of the slippers, man, that is I think you could really, that could end up being your hero look, um, that, that mm-hmm. takes it to the next level, like almost like a more versatile all birds, you know what I mean? Like right. is, is almost kind of what it, what it could end up being. But look, I would love now to hear the brother's mm-hmm. life vision, man. I would just love to understand how the both of you look at how you see the future of your lives and where you're trying to get to. Man, you know, for me, at least I, I kind of been always been shaping my life to just, you know, find that happiness and find that feel good and that freedom that, you know, comes along with owning your own thing. So um, it starts going to start with, you know, growing this business, ha- hopefully having an exit um, five to five to 10 years, and then just, you know, exploring other businesses, kind of like how, how you do with your, with your show and build a throb and the, the machine. Um, but yeah, and then being able to give back and 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 share the the knowledge that I gained along the journey because I'm still learning right now. But I know, you know, every year we we learn a little bit more and and we ha- always have stuff. We always have more knowledge to give. And if I can, I, you know, that's what I would really love to do. Love it. Yeah, for me, in terms of of business professionalism, like I just really just want to achieve a lifestyle that you know brings me true joy. I can um, you know take vacation when I need to is because I put the time in and. You know, we, the varying difference between someone who's successful and someone who isn't is someone that quits. You know, they really never know the true outcome because they gave up. So, you know, we've been pursuing this venture for quite some time and we've, we've learned a lot along the way. And you know, we're intelligent enough to trim the learning curve where we see fit and by partnering with those that are more experienced than us and never being uncoachable. You know, we certainly pride ourselves on always vasting for knowledge. I mean, myself and Ryan, we probably watched, Ryan can say himself, probably watch every episode of Build With Rob in preparation, you know, for this, for this opportunity. So we're always well prepared. We, we, we understand and appreciate the journey, but at the same time, we know that, you know, we have a very direct, super focused, um, you know, final lap in us. And we, we think that the future of, of footwear begins with moves. Yeah. And look, and I, I think it's about like, you know, building that milestone with the business that's 
that place of peace that you can put a flag in, right? Whether it's like yeah. 10 million in sales, whether it's like, and this, this distribution, there's almost like a place where like, okay, at this point we've created the value and, and, and even if we got to get diluted and raise more capital along the way, we can pay ourselves this much and it gets us to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, and then now we can ride it, ride a more peaceful ride to the exit rather than, and make that choice when we want to based off of building it in a more sustainable way. And, and I get that more from like, your you know, this idea of like, like you're still trying to make a profitable business that's more sustainable as opposed to like the high growth, like a super exit, high valuation, like sort of world. It's like the, the, the tale of two worlds. And I, and I just think for entrepreneurs, like you guys, it's like, like understanding where that line of, of sustainability and peace is and building that into the plan so that, that, that you head there and you can stay head down and be motivated by growing towards there. But, but, you know, taking some big leaps of faith through the treacherous, dark, dark valley of death has to happen because like, you you know, you got to still find product market fit to get there. You know what I'm saying? And that requires, you know, you know, feeling like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like maybe this, should we do this? I don't know. We can't do like, you know, you're going to, it's the chaos, uh, before you get there, but knowing Mm -hmm. where that is, uh, will be super helpful. You know what I mean? And hit me with the life question, man. You know, mental health is a extremely important part of living an optimized life, as you would call it. And, um, you know, for someone like me and Eric, we're positive people, but entrepreneurship is hard and, you know, it constantly has its ups and downs. And really, um, I just wanted to know what you thought about, you know, what kind of role does therapy play in, in the life of an entrepreneur? It's something that can, you know, balance out the lows, but enhance the highs. It doesn't have to be when you just, when you're doing bad and, you know, not only how important is it, but, how do you go about finding the right therapist for, for you as an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I think therapy, uh, it's not like, it's like one word that everyone's like, it's almost like one thing when it ends up being like, what do you really need it for? Right. You know, and, and I think like a lot of times, like what, the same sort of things like really bring you down and put a lot of pressure on you. And it's not necessarily the circumstances, but it's sort of the circumstances that, that create the triggers that force you back into that low place. You know, for me, it's when I'm feeling super reckless, it kind of triggers me if I'm feeling overwhelmed or stuck, right? Those are like these three sort of things that I've basically grown out of and really can identify when they happen to really manage them. And, and then, you know, as, as it relates to what therapy is and its best use, it's when you know exactly what you hope to achieve from it and what you actually need it for. So you can find somebody that you can have a discussion about that need and that they can actually help with that sort of need, you know? And and for me, I, I go to therapy every other week with my wife. Right. And, and it is, it's for us, it's neutral ground. It's just neutral ground. You know what I mean? It's like just mm-hmm. having someone to like talk, like we have an amazing relationship, but there's just sort of for our need for it was really like having this neutral place to talk about things that maybe we didn't want to talk about head on with each other for whatever reason. And, and for her specifically harder to talk about things that, that I may be doing that, that, that she doesn't want to say to me that she could say to somebody else. And then, you know, I could kind of, um, react and, and try to, uh, thoughtfully explain my position before I don't, uh, try to convince the way she's, you know, what I used to do early on is I would try to convince her the way that she's feeling wrong. Uh, you know what I mean? Which is, is, it just doesn't work. You know what I mean? But (laughs) you know, it's just that idea of it's very personal for why and what you would need out of it. And then finding somebody that you can trust that can help you with that personal need versus letting somebody come in and try to figure out what they think you sort of need, you know? And, and I think as you grow and get more self-aware, it's just understanding the things that really get you, trigger you, bring you down, stop you, like make you feel half empty. It's like, really beginning to become so aware of those that when you when you 
get hit by it again, you know that it's one of your triggers. And then now you get better and better at sort of managing it and dealing with it uh, versus like just living in uh, the pain or the feeling that you have in it until something pulls you out of it. When you know, like you just got hit with one and you're basically looking at it from above instead of like looking at it from the inside out, um, is just, is just a way that I think is, is a, is a smart way to go about doing it, but all of it counts. You know what I mean? You want to yeah. take all that information, get all the help and everything that you can and, and understand what aspects of the business bother you and either figure out a way to hire somebody, partner with somebody or, or, or learn or automate that aspect of it to pull that off of you. Cause what you can't do is keep getting hit by the same thing in the business over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, you got Absolutely. to solve those, those problems instead of letting them happen over and over again. Well, look, it was a pleasure, man. I'm glad I got to meet you guys and, and I really have a lot of faith in, in that you guys are going to really put something together here with this new round and, and do something special. And I look forward to seeing it happen. Well, I thank you so much for your time, Robin. Again, this is a dream come true for us. So uh, hopefully we're able to stay in touch. Um, and I look forward to, to hopefully seeing you and running into you one day. All right. Yeah, for sure. Thank All right. Be that. good. Blair Brinkelson, welcome to Build with Rob. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Deerdick. Man, look at us, man. Look at us. Hey, we're doing it, man. Hey, we're we're live now. I'm I'm ready to hear the vision for what is the Spoony Pillow, man. Lay out the vision and and how you create it and ultimately what you hope it becomes. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah. So the Spoony Pillow is the world's first tubular pillow that slides onto your arm and creates a comfy, nice little pillow. I invented it for uh, for cuddling it was my, with a girlfriend back in, you know, 2015. All the fellas out there, you guys know what I'm talking about, man. Dead arm. It's a killer. It's an intimacy killer. And so, uh, yeah, the idea came to me and I made the spoony pillow, man. That This is it. The snuggle is real, as I say. Oh, man, I love I love the idea of the snuggle is real. You know what I mean? Like the snuggle is real is nev- never doesn't make me smile. You know what I mean? Like I wrote <laughs> down the snuggle is real. And like, even as I was like looking down before you got on it, I was like, oh, the snuggle is real. And then you just said the snuggle is real. Um, you know, and, and so what what's the the current sort of stage and and sort of layout sort of where you are at with the business in sort of your question as it, as it relates to the business? Yeah, great. Um, so I uh, basically did a Kickstarter campaign uh, 2021. Yeah, so six or eight months ago now. Had a, it was a pretty successful launch. Uh, we ended up with, I think, 1,500 customers and sold about 3,000 units. So that was awesome. A little community sort of built up around the excitement of the product. Um, and I am currently waiting a uh, container from a, a vessel and with uh, 10,000 units. Um, so I'll have that in the next 30 to 60 days and we can kind of kick things off and, and jump into our hard launch, you know, really. Yeah. And, and so what's the, the vision for how to do that? Is this going to be like strictly direct to consumer? Like, did you explore any retail opportunities? Like where, where have you really decided that your core revenue is going to come from? Totally. I think definitely it's a direct to consumer business. Um, but retail, I think is an obvious play as well. So I've talked to some retailers. There's one company in, in specifically that's a, a large national uh, furniture store. And and uh, the CEO, I had a meeting with him and he's quite interested. Um, and basically we've been sort of, because of the sort of national global, or sorry, global logistics issues, you know, we haven't really pressed the gas on, you know, vetting and, and taking accounts because we can't really, you know, we can't really deliver on the goods yet. Uh, that's put a, that's put a little delay, you know, on our ability to move forward. But the interest has been awesome. Uh, like the, the product has been validated by our consumers, and um, and we've had some interest. You know, actually spoke to the largest um, licensing firm that took another comfort product to, to market several years ago. That's like a multiple billion dollar in, uh, business now, and those guys like the product as well. So and, yeah, and, the spoonie. Is that, is that, would that be more where they, like they, they have relationships and basically all, all sort of manufacturing and distribution of sort of comfort pillow bedding sort of world. And they would just take it, sell it and give you basically a royalty. Is this the the potential deal that you're looking at? It's something I explored. It's not really, it's not my, it's not my ideal situation because I'm a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an inventor and an innovator. 
And I've been doing this for a little over a decade, launching, you know, conceptualizing, prototyping, manufacturing, launching products. And I just love doing it. Um, I've just always been compelled to create things, I think, much like yourself. So I, I kind of get uh, I kind of get my energy from from building and designing and, and, and doing this stuff. Um, it's fun for me. So the idea is really to to lean into our B2B and, um, you know, invest in creative um, ad spend and build the brand out and um, just get, you know, is, is just get as many eyeballs on the product as possible. Because yeah. what I found is uh, when people get the Spoonie pillow, they love the Spoonie pillow. Yeah. And and they, they find everybody kind of finds their own little unique use case for it. Like I invented it for cuddling and for couple cuddling. And then through your feedback and customers and such, we, we realized it's way more than that. Like it's an awesome travel pillow um, on an airplane, you know, um, side sleepers, uh, you know, no, no more pins and needles with the spoonie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an awesome nursing pillow, breastfeeding pillow. And there's like all these cool use cases that we identified just through launching. Right. Um, so I'm excited to like spend some time and do some additional like user group testing and like build out um, the the vision for sort of each use case and make sure that the Spoonie is sort of, you know, accomplishing the business goals for each user group. But the, but the reality of it is, is it's, it's a, that's a lot to take on from an operational standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Like in, and I think as, you know, the creative and the inventors and, and you always got the ideas and you get the energy from like, let's bring it alive and how fun it is. It's like, it's the, 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 the meat of that business is realized in managing the supply chain, understanding, you know, it, it goes beyond creative ads, but, but paid ads and sort of managing how that can even work and, and, and the ability to convert customers and, and building a DTC business. It's all, the, right. it's so complex and and it's the it's the tough side like for the creative mind and the inventor mind you know what i mean that that's why when i think you know back i mean when you if you if you got a manufacturing and distribution partner where you do it for a license like it does it does give you the flexibility to live in the energy and do what you love to do the most as opposed to pull your hair out of like trying to like understand like when is this container going to be here and then when it gets here like how come like a roas what do you mean like like i just spent like 5000 and i and i sold 500 right it's right. like it, it's the all those those sort of waters of of taking it from the idea and the product to a sustainable profitable business man that's that's where it gets it gets messy when you love the creative yeah. side more than anything you know and and to me I feel you on that and so I, there's a couple ways like it, that you could think about that right and it's outright license right or i think you know even a a manufacturing partner where it's like, it's just someone that handles manufacturing and sales that comes from the space, um, that can built in distribution. Yep. With the built in distribution. So they yeah. already know yeah. how to do it and manage it. You're like another brand underneath it. They have the, the capital to sort of resource it. You know, like I had a friend of mine who built a, basically a, a house of brands for comfort brands and did, you know, the weighted pillows and did, did a all different, or weighted blankets and all different types yeah. of things in that space. I think there's a couple, there's, you know, that, that sort of home good space has a lot of great like operators and distributors always looking for you, know, the next cool product that they can just right. plug into their system, you know? Right. Um, so it's worth, That's it's, smart. yeah, it's just worth looking at it because then you don't got to go through the pain and cost. And now you hire somebody that's going to do ads for you and then they can't, they, they're not performing. And then you got to get rid of them. You already burned that money. Right. And like, you got this limited amount of money. It's like, it's like as, as difficult as direct to consumer is, or, you know, you know, go do a deal with like, you know, the airport stores and it's like, and, and target that to where at least, you know, like, Hey, like there's, there's a clear customer for this that walks through every single, uh, you know, a hundred thousand people walk through this door every day that would, would be interested in buying this. And if you could just get reoccurring revenue through one clear distribution source, we have, you know, um, company where we have one retailer, um, that, that sells, um, two products and it does a couple million a year and makes a, a, a over a million in profit. 
and it's the simplest business. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just managing the the product to be delivered to the retailer and then just uh, essentially managing their order, which they're super good at, and just delivering on time. And, and as it grows, um, the margins there, and since there's no cost in the company, because it's just a couple people to handle that sort of right. that that sort of process. So another way of looking at it from a much simpler sort of business, given sort of your like way of looking at it, the easier it's going to be, um, the better it's going to be for you. And, and you want, you know, when, when, when you look at it, it's like setting that goal of like, well, wow, if I could have one retailer and do 3 million a year in revenue with a million dollars of it in profit a year, would that be a dream scenario? Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what I'm Absolutely. saying. Like, so identifying that sort of ethos before you go in the route of, of just like, I'm venturing a, and doing everything. Yeah. It, adventuring and like do everything. Know. Then if you try to raise money now, it's like, now you got investors that you got to pay back and they need to see <laughs> yeah. you grow. And now it's like, you know, it's just the, in, in, I live in the world and play it at a really high level and it's super complex and, and we get better and better of building out entire companies with groups and it's never not hard. Even yeah. with super experienced entrepreneurs who have built companies and built teams, like even ramping up to it and, and getting talent that, that, that sticky and performs like, and cultural fit, like man, chaos. Versus yeah. when you're a great inventor and and you can create ideas and if you can get into a rhythm of doing that more consistently and where yep. you don't have to do put as much effort into it, I think you end up getting a lot more more fulfillment out of it um, and a lot more peace in sort of what your goal is. But again, you got to decide for you, yeah. you know what what the goal is out of out of the business and get clear on it and take shots at that and pivot if you need to. But, but don't launch it in hope. You know what I mean? Like, you know, is, is, is just something I think you should, you should, you should definitely, um, think about here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. I, I did, I, I, I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of work in the licensing world, not a lot of work, but I investigated, I, I talked to, uh, uh, several of the biggest licensing companies and found like a program, like a licensing group that has a system. They have a process. It's really brilliant, super simple. Um, you know, it doesn't take a ton of money. It doesn't take years of your time, but um, it's something that's all kind of been sort of top of mind for a couple years now. And uh, I, I take your point. It makes a lot of sense. I think when it comes to like the the, the seven core capabilities, as you as you lay, lay them out, like uh, product, uh, brand product, media, market, sales, operations, finance, like the first four feel really strong for me. And operations as a solo entrepreneur, it's like, you just do what you got to do to get it done. Right. You know, uh, sales, um, sales is an interesting one for me. I've never thought of myself as an amazing salesman, but people around me, you know, would say the opposite. Um, but when it comes to financing, that's a space that I've just green at and I haven't, you know, I haven't had a lot of success in it until really this business. I've got a couple investors and we're sort of ramping up. Um, but man, I mean, yeah, you nailed it. The level of effort and the stress and the risk um, and your exposure and all of it, like it's a lot. And, um, you know, licensing might make, make sense. Yeah. And, and look, and as you say it there, it's like, man, it's, it's the, when you land on operations and finance, man, it's, it's, it's where the entire um, success lives and dies. You know what I mean? Cause even the best idea can't like, if it's, if it's built wrong and, and it can't get into that rhythm and then it's not being like financially operated in the right way, that's where, where everybody gets into trouble and your strategy that you're making. Are you making uh, the right moves and the right decisions based off of the impact of the financial side of the business? And when you don't, when you don't grow up learning it, and then you don't educate yourself along the way. You just keep doing business after business and you kind of eyeball that side of it. Same way on the operational side. Hey, it's just me. I'm just trying to get this stuff done. And then it's like, I know like I have this much money. This is going to cost. This is going to cost this. Like, so I'm good right now. Hopefully these sell and then I'll get a little bit more here. It's like that, that is, it's just built 
Like I went through the painful process of learning it and dedicating myself to learning it. And, and, I, and I, I think anybody should, because then I applied a deeper knowledge of finance to my own personal investments and financial goals. And then ultimately that gave me this great peace of mind of understanding money, the way that I, sure. I, the companies I did way more strategic on the financial viability, which in turn, when you launch it, that's less blind and why you're wondering like, well, how come this isn't selling? Like I thought we were selling and we're still losing money. Like it's like you, I, I went through the process of learning all of it so I didn't have to go through it, but it's, it's not for everyone. And when totally. you're really a brand and product and, and marketing idea uh, person, when you fall in that world, man, that's when like having like a great partner or a license is the home run because then totally. you keep doing what you're best at and they do what they're best at. And then now you thrive, right? I think, yeah. I think that's just always something beyond getting some like investors, if you will, to help you with, like give you the money to bring it alive versus having strategic partners that would own half of it uh, in order to take all that sort of off your plate is, is certainly something I think um, someone that has the self-awareness to recognize it gets real hazy as you get into sales, sales operations and finance, you know what I mean? That, that you, you shouldn't, it's not necessarily about, should you dedicate more time to learn it? I think, yes, I think learning money and getting better and better at learning money in every way, shape or form is the gift that keeps on giving forever. The more you learn about money, you need money for your entire life. Like the more strategic you are and the better you are with it, the happier your life is going to be. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, in a lot of my previous companies, I didn't really, um, have the foresight or whatever. I didn't pull the trigger to kind of supplement my skill set or where I would consider my blind spots with this company. I, I, I have taken a different path and I have a partner who's, um, just a killer when it comes to making money. I mean, he just. He just knows his stuff. Um, and I brought him on like almost two years ago now. Yeah. So um, I feel really, really comfortable with like our sort of relationship. And then we do have a manufacturing partner that's sort of financed the manufacturing. They don't have, they're not sharing in the upside today, yeah. but it's early and they have expressed interest. So kind of along, you know, what you're saying, it makes sense. And I've sort of taken um, a different approach than sort of I had in the past. But I mean, again, look, like the licensing play makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And look, and it's like, you're always evolving and you know that you did it this way because in the past, like it was you by yourself, like, like running into walls. Right. And, wow. and, and I think that that's part of that evolution, but look, that, that leads me to, I'm really curious as to sort of your life vision as it relates to your personal goals and ultimately where the company sits inside that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, life goals. I, I think in the last couple of years, year to two years, I've sort of recognized that connection, interpersonal relationships, and like human interaction, regular, consistent, has has uh, just kind of smacked me in the face of, yeah. of how much I'm missing it and how important it is for my like sense of fulfillment and happiness and just, yeah, just life, like being around people as much as possible, valuable relationships and nurturing those people um, in relationships. And I kind of like when I thought about your story and like your your history, I kind of feel like I'm in this sort of uh, like 2013 Rob space where I'm like sort of taking inventory, trying to map out the future. You know, what kind of man do I want to be and brother and friend and business partner and all of these things and um, and just trying to just be the best human I can be, yeah. you know, and I think it just has like the ripple effect. Um with every area of life, business, et cetera. Yeah. And look, I, I think you're, you know, you know, why I preach it so much. And I, and I just love when anybody hears it and connects with it and just thinks about it. Right. Cause at the end of the day, it's like you, you know, like you can think, man, if I, if I ate right and took care of myself, I would feel better. If I had this, if I saved money and understand like where my financial investment goals were, I'd feel so much better. If I had like my career and company moving, this would provide this to me. Like then the people in the life that I'd like to spend the time with and, and the stuff that I enjoy doing on the side, these things all interconnect. And right. if you just 
like begin to to see them the importance of how they make up the quality of your life and then begin to build that plan on how to 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 evolve them into the place where you would like to be just starting it is is yep. the first step in in eventually getting there you know what i'm saying and, and just hearing you say it just gives me great faith uh that, <laughs> that in your your future and and what that'll be and hit hit me with your life question Man, yeah, like along that note, like I, I really feel like I'm I'm unstoppable. Um, like I know the value that I bring to the table and I um I, I believe in my vision and um I could basically I I feel that I could innovate for as long as, you know, I I want to. And it's sort of with the exception of the only thing that could maybe stop me is myself, yeah. like my mind. And um I'm hard on myself, you know, and so I it and you are kind of a unique individual and in, in your sense of optimism and positivity and your energy is, is uh, so obvious. And, and um, how, I guess, how would you, how would you suggest somebody like myself that deals with, you know, negative self-talk and, you know, lulls in confidence and that sort of thing that that's, that's what I would say is, you know, the most interesting part of where my goals are at right now. Yeah. And look, and I think like the, the one thing, that people confuse the most is that you can just like, you just do it, man. If I could just be more positive, man, if I could just, man, if I could be energetic, like Rob and just not think these negative thoughts, boy, life would be amazing. But I'm again, looked at my life and looked at what are all the things that cause those negative thoughts. Right. And then I began, once I had that sort of awareness Because, you know, it's really interesting, like when you really self-evaluate where they come from, they end up coming from the same four or five sources, right? And so it's like, for me, where where that became super aware is just when I just started tracking every day, how I feel zero to 10 about my life, work and health, like those, those things started to, to bubble up. And I didn't do it every single day in the beginning, I just would try to do it and, and the same sort of things kept piling up. Right. And it was, it was not understanding money early on and not, it was always this like core stressor to me. You know, it was like, like how I was constantly living in, in highs and lows was like another thing that really would always bring me down. It was like not being clear of the future. Right. And so all of these things, when I started doing it back in 2014, is like I started to change and then build plans to defeat. And it, and it took some time. And, and I, would, I would say that I really like it. Like if I, if I launched the all out assault to, to basically destroy all the fears that would ever draw me down or create negative talk or self doubt or, or, or bring me down on my confidence level. Like if I started it in 2015, 16, it, over time I attacked them and then slowly put in uh, ways to beat them. And a lot of that had to do with success and meeting goals and and understanding my financial wants and desires and achieving those and, and sure. health desires and relationship desires. But over time... I eventually, since I designed the, the, the systems in my life to essentially eliminate all of those fears and, and sort of insecurities that drove that negative self-talk, eventually, by mid-2020, they had almost completely gone away. And by 2021, now I, they're so obvious, these little things that pop up and you clear them out and, and then you get rid of them altogether. So it's like, now I go big, long stretches of never even having a negative thought. Right. And so here's the other side of that. Then I'm now I'm constantly in this state of like creating an optimism and like looking towards the future and hopeful and thinking of how I'm going to problem solve and make that better and optimize. So my, once I got over that threshold, then now I'm accelerating in this much more highly like, um, vibrant and a much more vitality sort of state of being because I focused on them, got awareness of those things and then got rid of them over time. But it took many, many years and you got to like identify them and then build your life around those rather yeah. than stay in your same life that keeps them popping back up and triggers you and boom, what do you do? You're back there with the same talk because it always is like, it's only like five things. 
it feels like your whole life and everything that you've done. But if you start to look at it, it really ends up being like five things. And then you think, well, I could get that one. Let me go get that one first. And then that one's gone. Then it's like you, you kind of end up doing that. And I'm living proof that it's possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like, yeah, I keep imploring it with people. You just got to, you got to begin to recognize it and then begin to build your life around eliminating them and get better at that. And over time you will eventually do it, but it's not nearly as ominous as you would think. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I feel you, man. That makes a lot of sense. All right, well, look, it was a pleasure, man. I, I, I can't wait to, to see the Spoonie pillow everywhere, man. I can't wait to see it everywhere. And, and you, I sent them over. Did you get a chance to check it out? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm heading home right now. I'm cuddling with the wife as soon as I get home. Beautiful. Shoot, I might Love even grab man. one of my kids and just like hold them and, and they can have a nice <laughs> resting pillow. The snuggle is real, baby. The snuggle is real. I can't <laughs> wait to get home. No dead arm. No dead arm for That's me. That's right, man. Thank you so much, Rob. All I right. appreciate your time, man. I wish that was you the awesome. best. Be good. All right, that's it for our show today. Thank you, everybody who listens to this show. As always, like and subscribe wherever you do that. And, of course, uh, you know, you want to be a part of the show, go to DerekMachine.com, uh, you know, Send us your life vision, your business vision. Let's talk about it. You want to pitch us an idea? Pitch us an idea. You want to be a machinist and be a part of our process? Again, everything at DeerDeckMachine.com. And you know what we do down here. We put a vision to everything that we can. We create clear, clear plans so we know it's possible. And we give it everything we got and everything that we do. See it, believe it, do it. Until next time.